Hello, I'm Brian, and I'm a designer. <laughs> Forget that one. <laughs> I did. It's been so long. You sound surprised. No, I really I'm am. Brian. Oh, I'm a designer. I'm, I almost forgot. No, really, I'm Brian, and I'm a designer. And I'm Joe, and I'm a designer. Is IA eating the world? We'll talk about it. Hey, Joe. How's it going? We're both wearing black t-shirts today, Brian. I... So that's easy because I wear a black t-shirt every day. So I cannot wear a black t-shirt when I come and see you just so we're not twins. No, you can. I just, it doesn't have as much value to me because I'm an easy target. Yeah. Like, like Kat will be like, Hey, we're twinning. And I was like, like, yeah, no, you're just dressing. You wore a black t-shirt. Right. Right. The, the, the decision is only on the other person. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> do you want to dress like Brian or not right. dress like Brian? It's a binary choice. Everyone has to make it. I, <laughs> and I wouldn't be offended if you just wore a black t-shirt every day. Cause sure. It's a good uniform. I love it. <laughs> I love it. How are you, man? Your life is about to change very soon. Yeah. Yeah. Baby. Got a baby on the baby way. Baby on the way. How do you feel about that? Great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I've got... For people that don't know, yeah, I have an 18-year-old that yeah. just graduated high school, and I have a baby that's coming in, and they're like... You've really tried to bookend the entire childhood experience you, nearly perfectly. <laughs> no no children in the middle, by the way, I should point out. Yeah, so an 18-year-old gap. Uh, no, 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 I'm excited. I would be a full-time dad if I could, so... Oh, really? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like, yeah. I had no career aspirations earlier in sure. my 20s. Yeah. I was like, I totally would be feel totally comfortable doing uh, dad stuff. So I lo- love being a dad. So yeah. I wished I had more. I came from a big family. So um, you like, I don't think we'll probably have sure. a third. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, but who knows? I had this big kind of, um, how do you say, I, I had kind of like a, a creativity crisis a couple of weeks ago. Uh-huh. And um, so I was talking to a friend of mine on the phone and he was like, what do you, I was like, I just can't, I can't make right now. I, I, fe- I felt really bad. I felt just like completely out of gunpowder. He's like, what do you want to do? I was like, I just want to play with my kids. <laughs> like, that's kind of all I wanted to do. You right. know? <laughs> yeah. You have, you can, um, Spend hundreds of dollars on Legos and not feel bad. <laughs> it's educational, <laughs> right. right? Yeah, and no, helping I, their brain. Yeah. Oh, totally, totally. Yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think the the only thing that kind of gets scary for me is like uh, maybe being a little too set in my ways around certain things, like like sleep, for example. <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> prepare to give up that habit, <laughs> right? Uh, so, you know, there's like things like that, that, that having, you know, having a kid in my twenties and then having a kid in my forties. You don't have as much energy now. Yeah. 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 That's going to be interesting. So it's going to be a weird contrast for me. So following up on that other point, I will be taking over editing the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So we can expect a more frequent and there's going to be more crying in the background. But it's going to be you, not the baby. So what are we talking about today? So I had this I had this wild hair across my ass that I I've been thinking about it because it was a conversation that I had with my wife Molly and then I, I went for a run after our conversation. I was thinking about it more and more and I was like, 
that's a good subject for the podcast. <laughs> so, um, so I'm just going to jump right into it, and and that is that. So my wife works at um, a very large uh, charitable foundation here in Seattle, run by a tech billionaire, and. Uh, her job is a lot of she's kind of a special assistant to a team and like her job is kind of like a lot of like scheduling and kind of prioritization and stuff like that. And she was talking about just kind of like the daily kind of work grind and, and, and some of her her um, issues. And I realized as she was talking, like what she was really talking about was like information sorting mm-hmm. and like the way I heard her talk about it, the kind of like the the kind of like Tetris game of like, where does, should this go and should this be the most important thing? I'm not just not exactly sure without kind of doing like in a sense, user testing, like, is this the right thing? Should we ask these stakeholders about it? And the words she was using were, were a little bit different, but the, the the concepts were the same. And then I went out for a run and I thought about, we just had a really kind of like hard problem at work with one of these clients. And I was realizing that like the stuff that I'm dealing with and the stuff that she's dealing with really are fundamentally the same thing, which is information architecture, right? Mm-hmm. The idea that Previously, there was some professionals that had to be aware of a hierarchy of information and how things are kind of built and basically how you sort different types of of information and where to find them. And these people were basically librarians, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Librarians and and basically kind of like knowledge scientists, so like running a database in the 70s and stuff like that. But for most people, very few channels, right? You got your news from the newspaper or the TV that was already completely sorted for you and, 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 and resulted. There was the phone book, which was sorted for you just alphanumerically. So there was no real sorting you had to do for that. You just had to know your alphabet. But these days... So much of so many jobs are about information architecture. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking about it, especially when it comes to I, I tied it to like sometimes I get frustrated with my mom because she's in her 70s. And sometimes she grabs onto information and it's bad information and she doesn't know it's bad information because she doesn't have the right sorting mechanisms, right? She hasn't seen the different types of data enough times to be like, this is probably reliable information and this is probably horseshit. Mm-hmm. Like a website like mynaturalnews.biz texted to her from a cousin is not the same as a New York Times article, right? But that is, once again, that is information architecture in a sense that you are like, here's two pieces of data node, which is more important in my life? Mm -hmm. And which can I discard to the left and which do I keep to the right? And I'm just thinking about like, as designers, so much of our work and so much of like pre-discovery and even like half the work, it's almost like the the UX and stuff is after the fact. You're really doing this discovery work, work, which is like, what exactly am I presenting first to someone and second to someone? And what can we leave on the cutting room floor? Like mm-hmm. so much of our life and so much of our job is that. I just wanted to get your read on that because I was like, holy shit, is design, is, is information architecture basically eating everything? Because we live in a data economy now. Right, right, right. Uh, hot take, yes. Yeah. I think so. Long take, no. <laughs> uh, long take is for inf- people that have been in library science and information architecture for a while, Yeah, there's a lot of subtlety and nuance. Of course. Here. Um, so I-, I am not a formal library science scientist. Of course. Uh, uh, I teach at a school that has its origins in library science and is like a school of information. Um, 
And but I learned I learned about information architecture pretty early because I was I was actually working at a children's hospital, mm. and my boss was a library scientist. Mm. And so uh, I when I like. I'm I'm kind of having this moment because like uh, uh, 20 years ago Kelly Goto like did her book on yeah. uh, redesigning web workflow yeah. Yeah. and so she was just talking about her, that celebration and that book was like my like guidebook sure I loved it I loved it and I used to just think about like w- thinking about designing and kind of creating architecture mm-hmm. I didn't, wasn't calling it information architecture yeah I just was like this is just common sense this is just like <laughs> logical groupings of things right 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 and uh and so yeah my my old manager at children's was one that actually taught me more about library science and information architecture and then I got really like fascinated about it and I went to the information architecture summits mm. which is like a total mm. like nerd fest around I I loved it right yeah. it was awesome yeah um but uh, and I was in the room like I remember there was a huge debate between like Jesse James Garrett mm. Peter Morville who wrote the polar bear book mm. uh and some other IA luminary and they were talking about like IA versus UX and right. UX wasn't right. really a common term that sure. it was like yeah. IA yeah um and uh and yeah so my my quick take on or reflection on I think some of the things you said is, you know, information architecture is Dewey Decimal System. Like the best way to think right. about it is it's the organization of information. Right. And it's how we find information. In digital spaces, that's how we the the manifestation of that is like creating like navigation taxonomy sure. and that sort of thing. Yeah. But then there's also like information hierarchy. Yes. Which is starts to get into more into the world of information design. And yes. that's where it's like, it, it, so sometimes people will say information architecture is like the structure of information mm. plus the 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 hierarchy. Mm. Um, uh, some schools of thought might say that that's starting to get more into the world of UX. Mm. So our industry doesn't like a lot of nuance, so it all just became <laughs> UX. Right, right. right. Um, but uh, but I think you're you're absolutely right. Like as and I hadn't really ever thought about this as like a digital native of like your mom yeah. um, versus Molly, like uh, like Molly being more exposed to that on a daily basis. Yeah. But it would make sense that our minds would start to get more wired to yes. like these digital structures. Yes. And how to find things, how to recall things, like all that muscle memory and all those neurons are like kind of get hardwired in that certain way, which you're absolutely right. My dad would still be thinking, how would I find this in a card catalog? Right. Right. And right. When, and when, which is a different way of thinking about it, which right. is it's about the name. It's not about the relational grouping. Right. Like right. I would even say that I, I say that, you know, you talk about rewiring the brain. I think that my brain has been so fucked up. Like the when I cook and I have the spices out, I have to group the spices by relationality even when I'm out and using them. Like, I can't oh, put the sugar next to the oregano because yeah. that doesn't make sense. So yeah. my brain, I'm like, I'm, I have to quickly go and grab the thing. I'm going to group them on the counter next to them. So when I have to quickly reach, I already have that kind of autonomic response to go to that grouping. Right. I notice that my brain is doing that naturally. Right. I wonder, A, if it's just the fact that I have, I mean, I'm glued to my phone and I'm on a computer all day long and so that's what I'm thinking about. B, my job is basically doing that for other people mm-hmm. or helping other people do that for other people. And C, the amount of data we are asked to sort through, I mean, think about 
think about, we were just talking about Amazon. Think about searching for Amazon now. Mm-hmm. Go find a, a crib right. on Amazon. Right. How many different levels of filters and inputs are just on that page? Right. Of course a grandmother can't do that. Are you kidding me? Of course I have to help my mom order things during Christmas. Right. It's impossible to look at unless you have been attenuated to the idea of data sorting as a mental model. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think about I think about this problem a lot, like, uh, from driving and wayfinding. Mm. So, so pre-mobile technology and maps and cars and, and uh, what... What we would do is we think about how uh, when you would give directions to someone to like come over to your house, mm. like go on this street and on the third right, mm. you know, right, yeah, like next to the mailbox, right, right, it's like turn here when right. you see this milestone, right. you know, you've gone too far right. or whatever it is. Yeah, but there were these verbal, uh-huh. m- um, broader extractions. Yeah, it was, it was a narrative model. Right. It was right, right. you're going on the cri- when you pass the bridge and there's two trees, then go do that. Right. Versus right. follow these directions three hundred. Three feet. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Turn left and then go down this alley because right. it's going to save you, of, right. you know, 30 seconds yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and 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 now how easy it is to just start to feel lost right. if you don't like plug in the map right. uh, to go into some sort of unknown de- destination. Right. And so sometimes I, ha- I have to actually stop myself and think like, like try to visualize like sure. how am I going to get there sure. without having to rely on a map. Yeah. Um, and I I kind of get a little frustrated if I have to like I'll like hand my phone to Cat like I don't know where I'm going <laughs> and then she'll like it, like I quietly want... map it and double check well, your work so, so she does this whole routine where she she plugs it in uh-huh. and then she puts it into like the you know the Siri yeah. na- audible yeah. direction mode or yeah. whatever yeah. And and I'm like, I kind of get a little frustrated because it's like, I just wanted you to tell me. Right. You know, the old right. navigator model. Right. 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 I, know, I don't need to do the specifics. Like, right. turn left, then turn right two feet later. Right. right. <laughs> like, like a joy, like like something yes. like got taken away. Like, because, it, because sometimes the advantage of the old way was you, you would have discovery and happy accidents. And well, like, I've, always, in the wished, library, I've right? always wished that maps had the option for a pretty drive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't need to get Scenic there. Yeah. I don't need to get there seven minutes faster. Right. Give me the best looking drive, please. Right. Right. Um, but but so let me add another wrinkle to that, which is that there was this article in The Verge about a week ago that that talked about how um, like Zoomers and, and even younger are actually wait what is Zoomer is Generation Z. Z. Okay. And then even younger than Generation Z, which is like their third. But derogatory like a boomer, like a that's just what they're called, okay. man. I'm, okay, I didn't I make it up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but but that that like this what we're talking about that we have kind of attenuated um, like a, a database mental model for everything we do is kind of going away too. Mm. That for them, the idea of a search function is the entry and exit point. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter where it's stored. It doesn't matter whether you've put this information on the top drawer or the third drawer. They don't really care. Mm-hmm. Everything is searchable. Everything is Googleable. So basically, your what your expertise is 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 stringing together to the correct search terms. It's not necessarily where it's stored. Hmm. So what I'm wondering about is that like we're talking about like oh our brains are changed and stuff like that. Maybe it's just our brains that have changed because we are in this kind of liminal space of analog to digital but like we're still in this like digital with an analog model 
kind of version. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I 100% agree. I, I mean, because so, I'm, I'm, my mind is kind of, I'm trying to think of all these different patterns, yeah, right? Yeah. Of, of patterns of discovery, patterns of finding things and how they might have changed. And like another example I was thinking about was music, mm-hmm. right? So sure. you go into a music store, you go through the bins, you and you're, it's, as you're looking for one thing, you may discover other things. Well, and but, even the grouping, right? The right, idea of an right. album. Right, right, like, right. That's not really valid anymore in right. terms of a form of grouping, right? Right. Yeah. But it's not to say that that discovery has stopped. Right. It's just changed. Right. Where now it's coming through maybe a trusted source. Right. Which may, might be where you're kind of going. Like yeah. you might hear a song or on uh, uh, as a background track on a TikTok video right. Right, or a YouTube video or right. something like that. And you might be exposed to that. Right. And that then becomes that form of discovery. Right. Uh, so you're still, but you weren't, you weren't, you know, you have. But if you think about that constellation, right, if your favorite albums of 2021 are, are background of a TikTok video and background of a commercial and also your friend told this and also you heard that in the store, that's a constellation of data points that is very different than a gathered, like, compilation album released in 1999. Right, right. Well, it, it, they're different trusted sources, right? Right. Like, but the grouping is different, too. Yes. Like the association. Yeah. I guess that's what I'm talking about is the kind of like the lines of association. If you think about a star map of, of influences, the old way was much closer together. The dots were in a very in a smaller area. Well, the the associ- the commonality between the new way, that, that constellation you're talking about, is me. Right. Right. I'm right. the common denominator. Yes. In the record store, in the library, right. it was about a shared set of facts or right. a shared that that uh, I'm completely blanking on a great music analogy <laughs> <laughs> um, that... Uh, uh, that we, that we can uh, is is Kenny Rogers country, right? Okay. <laughs> First one that came to my mind for whatever reason. You but, haven't dated yourself, that's for sure. <laughs> but you know, but he also has those like really right. weird yes. kind of '70s songs sure. that he did because he went kind of mainstream. Or totally. Dolly Parton and Dolly Parton. We talk about Dolly Parton even a lot better. Of okay, Dolly Parton. Yeah. So Dolly Parton is, is like, she pop or is she country? Right. 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 We probably say that she's country. Right. 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 In the Venn diagram, right, 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 of country and pop, right. she's probably on the countryside for right. sure, right. Um, and so, but but now we can we are moving into a realm where I am the common dom- denominator. Sure, I have my sources of information that I prefer. Sure, and then those then have more weight over maybe a a. Kind of going back to your mom's analogy of like the the dot biz site, sure. right? But I mean, so I mean, then we're kind of verging into the Eli Parser kind of filter bubble, famous TED Talk thing mm-hmm. from from years ago. But I, I think that even within that within that filter bubble, then you still the job of any digital native is to not only to figure out what you allow into your bubble and what you keep out of your bubble, but then once things are in your bubble, you're also kind of sorting them about importance, right? Like, I, I'm not sure if you do, but I have in my own mind a hierarchy of things that I will check. Mm. I'm going to check some things before other things, mm-hmm. but I'm still going to check them all. Mm-hmm. But already in my mind, I have like a data schematic of like, what is the most critical things for me to check first versus what are the things that I can wait to check on? Like, I'm going to check my work slack way before I'm going to check my Instagram messages. Yeah. 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's all like Maslow's hierarchy of needs stuff, though. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Um, but I'm just wondering. So, getting back to the original point of like, what the digital designers, product designers real job is 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 taking those lessons that you perhaps have honed in your personal life and ex applying them externally mm -hmm. so now i'm working on a website mm -hmm. what have how have i found it useful to sort information and perhaps that is the case for this website's users as well i'm now using the methodologies that i use to sort data on a day-to-day -day basis and i'm basically giving that kind of methodology to potentially the user that comes to this website or app or whatever it is hmm. yeah well there's i mean there's so many different trends that have happened lately i mean it used to be that you would do like deeper architectures and more pages but now when you're designing a website now i mean think about the common navigation that you would see on most websites or apps these yeah. days yeah like you know it used to be there might be like seven, like the golden number was seven. Sure. You don't have more than seven options yeah. to present a user. Yeah. There's some mental model that anything beyond seven is like too much for the user to yep. kind of process. Yep. Um, and, but now it's like you go to like Airbnb site, <laughs> three links yeah. across the top, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but what are they trying to do? They're using those three links to say what what is it that you want to do, and right. then we'll bring the information right. to it's a, you. It's associative grouping, right? It's mm -hmm. exactly what it is. It's mm -hmm. it's it's not here's what is presented to you. It's I'm coming to you, and what is your what is your problem statement? Right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Of the infiniteness of data that we have available to us, right? How can we get the right set of data to you as quickly as possible? Mm -hmm. Which is which is. Potentially us moving away from an information architecture, yes. a strict hierarchy of data, yes. and more into a graph-based architecture that is we have lots of atoms that are connected into totally. molecules. I think that's my point is that like, yeah. are we in this liminal space? I mean, even designing a website now and putting the options at top feels very dated. Yes. Right? Like home, work, portfolio. That feels very much but like... still necessary sure but it, it feels still it doesn't that's not how i i engage with data in well, my personal day-to-day -day life i mean so for example i mean i'm working i'm working on a couple different problems right now but like in one of those i need a strong information architecture to be able to tell the narrative structure that i need to uh -huh. tell sure so as visitors coming into and that gets into that problem statement right right they need you need to be able to say of all the infinite things that are possible let's just focus on you know one or two of these initially and then start to frame information right kind of through that structure yeah, yeah. right um but in other scenarios it is a hey, you know, we're going to we're going to rely more on kind of a workspace view or like a search based view that that just tell us like what you said like yeah. pro, like tell us what your problem statement is and then we'll use some sort of intelligence to bring that information forward to you, like yeah. the you know the what Google did to yeah, our brains. Of right? course, yeah. I mean, I remember we did that for that big bank that we uh, we worked for. Um, uh, yeah, you know, maybe it's just because I'm. I've been looking at a lot of designer portfolios lately because I'm just always fucking hiring. <laughs> um, there is something about so for a product for um, for a piece of software, it's still I I think that you're right. I mean I think the Airbnb example you use is is terrific because it is kind of framed by problem statement and like you've come to us for a reason. Mm -hmm. We're here to provide you with that. Let's meet you halfway mm -hmm. so you don't have to do all the kind of work about like typing in like I want to find a house. Mm -hmm. um, 
But for like a personal site, let's say there's a personal portfolio site, that architecture of like about me and work and you know like resume, Contacts. it yeah. feels. I think one of the, I've seen so many of them now. It feels so not representative of a whole human. Mm -hmm. It's like. And and I think that maybe one of the pluses of of this, this we'll use the, the the constellation word to kind of represent the kind of new data model. I think maybe one of the benefits is, is that it does kind of encapsulate a little bit more of the squishiness of humanity and being a person, right? That a person is not just buckets of objects. It's, I'm not just kids and work and likes and data. I'm I'm all these things all at once. And during the day, I'll be thinking about my kids for 15 seconds, and then I'll be thinking about my work for 30 seconds, and then I'll be thinking about this right. podcast for a minute, and right. then I'll be thinking about the outside and the weather for 10 seconds. And right. like that, how do we make information architecture reflect that? Well, I mean, the, the thing that came to mind when you're talking is that, so if we were to use the constellation model mm. versus a structured model, mm. so in the constellation model... Um, I mean, I'm just going to oversimplify, but let's imagine, so every one of those nodes has the same value right. in a constellation model. Right. So from a design perspective, that means, that, like, think about a search-based interface, right? right? So if you were to come in and you, like, you do your problem statement and a bunch of stuff comes in, all that information is probably going to be presented sure. pretty uniformly, yeah. right? Yeah. Which would get to one of our common themes is right. why does everything look the fucking the same, right? right? So, but if you go into an information architecture model, that's more like designing a book or like I said yes. creating a narrative yes and so you can actually exp you can use words mm. to describe different ideas so mm. it doesn't have to be about me mm. it could be like I'm Joe or mm. you know mm. go fuck off <laughs> like it can be what hey, you've been you to want. my website right, eh? exactly <laughs> it's like like my work or go fuck off <laughs> but but and then you can have you can use visual themes to be able to to uh, represent some of those words that you're using, right? So you can you mm. have, I think, a little bit more creativity mm. um, within a, a, a space that has a strong information architecture. Because again, information architecture is structure, and it and it's you kind of saying to another another person, like, this is how this information is structured here. You're going to figure it out really quickly, or maybe we're going to be really vague or creative or use weird words and, mm. and but you'll and you'll figure it out through experience yeah right yeah it it makes me feel like the 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 long derided and old technology of the tag is more powerful than we ever gave it credit for the fact that it's like this like relational unit <laughs> you know what i mean it's funny it's just, i i uh for for reasons I won't explain now, sure. the tag is like one of my central things that I think about it these days. Yeah, um, uh, it's like the technology that tech industry forgot about. Yeah, like, but but also it's like the DNA of everything we do. It, it's 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 so used now. It's baked into everything and forgotten. But it's like the connect. It's literally the connective tissue of technology. It really can be. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Uh, um, the tag is a really powerful concept. I mean, especially when you're dealing with like AI. Yeah. Because that's what AI does, right? right? It's just relationally. Well, I mean, not all AI, but like when you think about like 
computer vision. I mean, that's basically just what machine learning is. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Is computer vision is saying, okay, well, if you go into your photos application, right, and you know you can look at all of your different photos of your kids. Once you tell it, it'll it'll look for common image patterns, and then once you tag it with you know what your kid's name, then it'll then know anything that matches this pattern show it this way and then you can start to present that information to you again in in more of a graph kind of constellation type way yeah what what does what does a tag based ux look like without ux i mean beyond like voice you know like what does that look like what does spotify look like without the the ux framework you know if it were just like it's just like a chart of of relations that would be very interesting to see it'd be very interesting to see your own constellation of, of relations for something like Spotify. Uh, I mean, a lot of them are do use graph visualizations yeah. to be able to show kind of the connectedness. And and music graphs are really fast. Totally. Yeah. Right? When you put all the genres no, together. No, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, that um, what was that sign? James Burke, the K-Web, I think we oh, talked yeah, about yeah. that before, yeah. is like the idea that like relationality is actually what we're talking about when we're talking about the internet. Mm-hmm. And it's, the rest of it is just bullshit chrome that needs to be discarded. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. It, it's the power of the hyperlink, right? Right, it's, of course. The hyperlink allows one person to define the content of another destination that they don't own. Yes, Right. Yes. And You're so saying, this is context. Right. I'm giving you context to go look at something else. Exactly. Yeah. And so what they're doing, especially if you look at the whole thing, is that's mm. a lot of different metadata, which mm. is why Google works. Mm. Right. Is it looks at the, how it, it treats the way people describe a link mm. more importantly than the link itself or even the content on that page mm. to, to say like it's it's basically crowdsourcing. Sure. Like a knowledge graph. Yeah. And saying, like, if you and I use different words to describe whatever the most recent uh, Kenny Rogers album. Sure. Stick with that. <laughs> You've rip, already dug your hole. Rip Kenny Rogers, apparently, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, so, but if we use different words, yeah. right, yeah. Then, then when we, when another user searches for it, it can use those words to then map to that data. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this does come back to my, my previous, my, my original point of, like, that, like, information architecture truly is it at the end of the day that like that that ux can go through 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 um um trends and certainly ui goes through trends and technology goes through trends and devices goes through trends but like that relational connective tissue is pretty much all it is and and so as those those relation those that understanding of relational um relational tissue goes to every single part of the world, whether it's supply chains or managing someone's time or, or, you know, uh, uh, or ordering, or, you know, making sure that enough people, um, are, know that, that a vaccine can be, can be distributed to their area. And like, it's so much of it is about presenting information and presenting information at the right time to the right people with the right context. Right, right, right. Having yes, definitely having structure, structure to information. Um, it has a ton of values. Uh, I, I on a on a human level, I think one of the things that we can all benefit from from information architecture discipline and things like card sorting yeah. is being able to say when we evaluate a bunch of different data, are right. these two things more similar than other things, and right. how we cluster that information. Yeah, I think we. 
in that more of the constellation graph model, we have a tendency to like usually you do card sorting with post-it notes or something. Sure. People have a tendency to just look at the post-it note and say, <laughs> this post-it note is my world. Right. 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 Kenny Rogers' life. Right. You know? right. It's like right. and and you don't see you 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 don't see the wider view of all the different things that that could be presented to you, right? Mm. That is that's related to that. Um but yeah, I, uh at the at the school I teach at, um, even though it's a school of informatics, mm. the students don't. When I first started teaching there seven years ago, uh, information architecture was a required course. Obviously, yeah, sure. Uh, now it's been it's kind of morphed into a, a more uh, broader scoped course, hmm. and so by the time that the students uh, get to me um, doing like a mobile design or a product design course. I am really floored that they just, they don't actually have like fundamental information hmm. architecture, and I, I've noticed this out in the in industry as well. Hmm. There's just there is a ton of designers out there that when you say polar bear book, they hmm. don't have no idea what you're talking about, hmm. or and talking about information architecture, hmm. it might just they might think of like nav structure or course, like yeah. some of these high level concepts, yeah. but they don't understand that as like as this as this discipline and this this right. um, this concept. That creating uh, a uh, structure and order, and it, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's while well, those are like rigid words. Sure. That information architecture is actually and more access. Like a, yeah, it's I mean, more, it's more like a framework. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, so much of it is as some you know, we we talk all the time about about equity and stuff like that, but like access to information, timely information at the right time, and correct information, mm-hmm. fucking huge, mm-hmm. and that's definitely like an ignored part of the situation, right? Mm-hmm. Like, does a certain uh, group uh, have the type of access to uh, the right information that other more privileged groups have? Like, right. huge, right? And like, who who's who's solving that problem? Right. I don't know the committee in Congress that's solving that problem. You know, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. But and it just it also occurs to me because I was like you know we've been talking whatever for twenty minutes or something like that on this on a type of concept that that can be a hard mental model for other people to really yes rock yes right no absolutely and so I can it's like this weird hidden magic that is everywhere and no one knows is it's moving on their lives right right. Like the library, like how the library works. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, truly, right? Right. Yeah. We used to have. I, we, you were talking earlier. I was just. I was thinking. Uh, so I opened. I used to work a long time ago. I used to work at Starbucks. Okay. Back before frappuccinos, and you know, <laughs> we had like people would ask for like a blueberry BF. mocha. I was like, go the fuck away. <laughs> we don't do that. Like it's hard to think that there was a time when Starbucks sure. like yeah. wasn't that. Yeah. Uh, but I opened up a Starbucks in the Multnomah County Library in Portland, Oregon, downtown okay. Portland. It was beautiful. Okay. But it was like a, we opened up this cafe inside, and uh, uh, and it was like slow as shit in there. Like <laughs> like nobody wanted to go to a Starbucks inside of a library. And uh, so it was a, maybe a good idea on paper. So we were like really bored. Uh-huh. So we discovered. How old were you? Uh, I was like 20, okay. 21, 22, okay. something like that. Okay. Um, so we discovered that libraries have like information specialists. Yeah. That there's a, there's people yes. that pick up like the a... phone 
Yeah. And you can call them and you can ask them any question. And they will find it and get back to you. Yes. Yeah. Like while you're on hold. <laughs> I know. It's awesome. <laughs> so we Does just, that still exist? I doubt it. Yeah. We, we should know, right? But We should know. But uh, uh, anyway, so we used to sit there and just try to come up with the most insane <laughs> questions. And we would just call them and like, all right, let's call them and find out. And sure enough, like every single time... You know, in like under 60 seconds. Yeah. They're like, okay, well, like, you know, what are the seven wonders of the world? Right. They're like, well, you actually mean the seven wonders of the, the ancient, ancient world. world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and right. they are. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, but it was like, it was like, you know, Siri, sure. you know, like, yeah. but better. And uh, it, I was just, I was just remembering back of just like how awesome it was. Or when, when my first kid was born. Yeah. Um, I was working at, at, Seattle Children's and my water cooler was next to the consulting nurses. Uh -huh. So when they when when PG was born, I had all sorts of questions. So I called that number all the time. <laughs> They're like, oh, this <laughs> guy is on the phone again. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, Kate. <laughs> so my kid is like throwing up constantly. <laughs> what is that? Um, and yeah, and it was it was amazing to be able to have like a human that you could have this interaction with and that was all made available through like th them having access to structured information, but then also ha understanding context and being able to de deliver that information to you in kind of the, the way you need to hear it. So then I just, I didn't have to think about where is this in the library or, um, or another, another one is like, I don't know if you've ever booked uh, a, a holiday with like, with a travel agent before. No. But I went to, I did a big yeah. trip in New Zealand yeah. and I found like the last travel agent in <laughs> Seattle. And we, we booked a, uh, like a long trip to New Zealand and it was amazing. It right. was so much better right. than Googling, yeah. like, you know, all these different places looking at TripAdvisor and being the filter. Well, the right? difference. Someone was a filter for me. The difference though, between something like the library or a small independent um, a travel agent is that unlike Alexa or Siri or Google, they're not a giant multinational corporation <laughs> that has their own fucking agenda. Right, right. Right. Is that we've essentially outsourced. We've, we still recognize the value of structured data, right. but we've basically outsourced that to someone who now makes money <laughs> off of a base human need. Right. Right. Like if there right. is no better example of the fucking doom dystopia right. we have made for her ourselves is that. Because it's really easy to drop an ad on it. Exactly. <laughs> or, or, you know, push the, the, the rank of something that they don't want to be seen or something like that. That, right. You know? Right. Yeah. 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 Hmm. <laughs> yeah. No. And, and well, and that may, that just makes me think of like, you know, the most evil of evil corporations is, is Facebook. Sure. Um, uh, with, just with all the different scandals that are going on, but they've done that exact same thing with the constellation, with that graph right. model. Right. Is they've said, okay, well, what we're going to do is we're going to make it really. First of all, we're going to monetize the graph model so that we can insert ads into that, mm. and then that then started to get hacked by nefarious sources. Right. And then, but we because it's on Facebook, f people were starting to take that as as truth. Right. And and it just starts to distort our view, and yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, living in the worst period of time since the Civil War, largely because of this, the that these facts are are different. It's bad information architecture. Right, We're the victim right. of bad information architecture. All right, so 
So wrapping up, what can designers do to help this? <laughs> Come on, you always got the answers. Uh, I'll cut out that breath. <laughs> no, big sigh, big sigh. What can we do? So, I mean, I think I think designers should absolutely like bone up on information architecture. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a What's lot the of books real... they should be reading if they haven't read it yet. So the polar bear book the, called Information Architecture. Yeah. Uh, by a, uh, it's a, a Riley book by um, uh, Peter Morville and another Peter, I forgot his name, mm. um, but we'll put it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the polar polar bear book on information architecture is um, considered one of the best books. Mm. Uh, Stuart Brand actually yeah. has this book called How Buildings Learn, which yeah. is considered to be, it's not about information architecture, yeah. um, but it is the one of the better books not about information architecture that's actually about information architecture. Sure, yeah. Um, that's a big one that, ke- that keeps coming up. Um, let's see. Uh, I mean, I always recommend uh, Jesse James Garrett's book, yeah. uh, Elements of UX. Yeah. Uh, he he's the one that does the <clears throat> this diagram that shows uh, where information architecture, information design kind of mm. sits mm. Uh, within a hierarchy. I, I've always loved that book. Mm. I'm trying to think what else. Um, like rules of, of information design, graphic design. Uh, oh, Edward Tufte comes up Tuft, a lot yeah, for, yeah, for information yeah. design. Yeah. I think you were bored of him before I, th- I think in a previous show you were not I, I, as impressed with him but uh, his 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 road show is a, it's a very slick road show but it's a fucking road show <laughs> i mean he knows exactly what he's yeah. doing give me four hundred dollars and i'll give you three hours yeah. of your time but you, you know? got some nice books out yeah, of it you got some beautiful books yeah, yeah and i would just say uh, if, if people have never seen it watch that eli parser ted talk about oh, feather yeah, bubbles because yeah. that stuff is if you haven't seen it it's 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 long enough ago enough now that I bet some kids haven't seen it. It's an it's an important talk that they should watch. Yeah, I read a book on filter bubbles, so I don't think I've seen that TED talk. Yeah, it's excellent. It's excellent. Um, I'm trying to think. It's like information architecture kind of got eaten by UX. Yeah, well, I think that's that was the stalking horse. Yeah, but actually, like information architecture got so big and important that we that it's like it blotted out the sun and we stopped recognizing it as a thing. Right. Right. I've definitely seen that in academia. Yeah. It, it floors me. Yeah. Because it like. Again, that should be like, like, your first year yeah. of learning to be a digital designer should yeah. be information architecture. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm 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 blanking on other resources. Yeah. Like that's how how little we talk about it. Occasionally, yeah. I, I'll see like a medium article of someone right. that discovered information architecture talk about <laughs> how great it is <laughs> like, you know what i mean yeah, yeah. like they uncovered some stone but i mean i mean i think that's that's maybe the the final point to make is just the fact that like it is it seems in some way i don't want to say boring but it's not as sexy as a dribble design right it's yeah. not a, you know it's not rounded corners and floating parallax shit but spending the time to actually realize the the amount of um power that IA has for driving a user to one choice or the other, the right choice or the wrong choice, the the moral choice or the immoral choice. Yeah, it, I mean, it, to me, it's like it's like eighty five percent of the battle. It really is. Yeah, it really is. It's like um, it's the higher order bit of like content. Like yeah. you know, content is so critical to design. Yeah, and and the structure of that content. Yeah, information architecture. Yeah, is is the um, 
one of the most critical foundational things you could do to any sort of, of digital design. Yeah, no, totally. Cool. Get cool. out there. Read. <laughs> <laughs> read the books. Watch the shows. Do the thing. <laughs> Maybe it just needs a rebrand. Maybe it needs yeah, to not, call it? not call it information. Maybe it need, needs a sexier name. Gonna call it. It's got to have an X in it. <laughs> <laughs> totally. IX. <laughs> Ultra experience. <laughs> Thanks for listening. You can hear all of our episodes on, on the internet. On the internet somewhere. <laughs> oh, yeah. Designer.fm. If you ever want to email us, you can email us at designer at designer.fm. Please like, subscribe, tell your friends. Thanks. snack go grab a snack oh I'll suffer through oh boy i just hope my stomach doesn't <laughs> get picked up on a microphone and our third guest tonight is, is brian's it? stomach <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>